0: I was in Georgia about four years ago. Mike Smith, the former Falcons coach, we know, and uh, he was giving a speech, and I was approached by three or four kids that had told me that they were the first in their family that had a shot to go to college, and it was gonna be on a football scholarship. And uh, they asked me, you know, how that world works and, you know, advice and where could they go. And and it kind of hit me that this kid's college opportunity may get completely ripped away from him if in his senior year he gets a shoulder injury. And you think about it, it's just, it can literally be life-changing for them. Hi, this is Bob Broder, co-founder and president of X-Tech Protective Equipment and you're listening to the Heads and Tails Podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Heads and Tails Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Som, and each week I bring you an inspiring athlete's story of perseverance or expert knowledge in the field of sports health and safety. Just like flipping a coin, you can't control what happens to you in sports or in life. You can always control how you respond. This is my response after suffering a traumatic brain injury in a high school football game, and I hope it leaves you feeling both inspired and informed. Welcome back to the Heads and Tails podcast. Today I'm excited to be with uh, Bob Broderick, uh, who is the co-founder and president of XTech Protective Equipment. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about some shoulder pads that uh, his company has come out with and have become quite popular, especially with a lot of pro athletes. Uh, and I just kind of want to preface this interview with kind of the severity of my head injury, I really feel like was because of a shoulder injury that I suffered a few weeks before that. Because once I hurt my shoulder I had like a AC joint uh, sprain or you know some sort of uh, separated shoulder injury I started kind of compensating for how I played started hitting with the other shoulder hurt that one and then I had nothing else to hit with but my head which sounds pretty stupid I guess like Ten years later, thinking about it, but I'm sure it happens more than you would think. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about some of the new technologies that you guys have to offer. And uh, I was wondering if you wanted to start off by talking about, you know, how the company uh, was founded.
0: Sure. Well, first off, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Uh, glad you were able to visit the facility itself, kind of. Yeah, we're we'll right around the corner the from each other. So, um, yeah, how it all started. Um, I've been known to say it happened somewhat by accident. Um, my background, real quick. I was with the the New York Giants as a part-time equipment guy when I was in high school. Uh, basically a ball boy. Um, wound up being in the uh, PR staff as well when I got a little older in college. A little bit after, wound up working at uh, Sports Illustrated Group for several years, Fox Sports for several years. About eight years ago, I launched my own sports marketing company. Basically, represent broadcasters, players, coaches, brands, events, things like that. Uh, And about six years ago is when X-Tech was kind of introduced. Um, And I say X-Tech was introduced, but it didn't even have a name at that point in time. Um, And in the offseason, anyone listening certainly knows, whether it's high school, college, or pro, that the training room and equipment room is kind of like the heartbeat of any team. And um, a couple of guys at different colleges and NFL teams um, kept bringing up the name Ted Monica, Uh, I had never met Teddy. Our paths had definitely crossed before, just being in the business. And uh, he was referred to as kind of like the the guru or the godfather of equipment when it came to football. Uh, Everything except helmets. So if you think about it from the neck down. And um, a few people basically recommended I sit with him. Quick background on Teddy. He had worked with a company called United Sports Labs back in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. Riddell wound up buying them. Um, he was with Riddell for approximately 17 years in a lead designing role. And um, he had gone out on his own. He had done some other things. And um, when we were introduced, he had a concept and basically was brought to my attention that he needed a business partner to potentially help him with the marketing side and PR and networking, et cetera. So, um, like I said, it somewhat happened by accident. The majority of my other business is hectic from about August through Super Bowl, and the selling period for X-Tech and equipment is really big from January through, you know, July, early August when all camps kick off nationwide. So, um, long story short, a lot of people vouch for him. Uh, I certainly did my homework on who he was, what his background was. He explained the concepts to me as far as the design. Um, I'll admit while I worked in the, in the area, as well as worked, uh, you know, like in the equipment room, I was always surrounded by shoulder pads. I, back then I couldn't tell you what the brands were or what the styles were or why one was better than the other. Um, what really got me interested was the fact that with my background, I knew we could access all pros, pro bowlers, NFL teams, college teams instantly, you know, within days and say hey here's a concept what do you think about it you know we're we're considering doing this business um I was pleasantly surprised that a lot of the teams I reached out to their equipment guy or their training staff already knew Teddy or he had already worked with them in a previous you know area um the second interesting thing was that players themselves had no idea what they were wearing which I found to be very odd Um, As I said, I've been around pro NFL players since I'm 14 years old. And I can promise you, they know everything about their body, what they wear, what they eat, how they train, what they eat pregame meals. Uh, If it's raining and they're on natural grass, what kind of cleats do they switch into? If it's on turf, they know everything. And for some reason, when we interviewed, I'm going to say 25 guys, and just asked them very simple questions about what kind of shoulder pads do you wear? Not one guy could tell me. They couldn't tell me the brand. They couldn't tell me the style. They couldn't tell me the size. And Teddy had kind of ingrained it in my head that he found it odd because the pad covers about 65% of your upper torso. And I remember guys like Damon Harrison, you know, was with the Jets, then the Giants, now with uh, Detroit. Um, Even Jason Witten back when he was in Dallas, before he got into broadcasting, he was one of the early guys we talked to. And for whatever reason, they just said the common theme was, I never gave much thought to it ever since I've been playing the game as a kid. You show up to training camp August 1st, the pad's in your locker, or you get handed your equipment, and that's, that's it. You put it on. And my common response to guys now was, well, if you reported to college camp your junior year and they gave you size 13 cleats and you're size 11 and they're too big, would you say something? And of, co- of course I would. I go, well, why any different when it comes to the equipment you're wearing? So that was kind of the, the initial introduction and what got me pretty excited.
1: And they didn't have an answer for like, you know, why they, when it came to the shoulder pads, it, it, to them it just seemed like it was, well, this is what it is and uh,
0: this is what, these are what I wear. That was the common, anything from I never thought about it to you just wear what you were given to ever since I was a kid, um, I never gave much thought to it. And, again, college, pro, and even in high school now, I mean, they, they can tell you exactly what they eat the night before a game, exactly how they train, what kind of gloves do they wear. Um, you know, I use the analogy about what sort of cleats and surface and things like that. And, no, they just they couldn't tell, and they never even thought about it. And we had a lot of those, you know, the light bulb moments when you talk to a player and you explain to them why. Um, one of the big selling points or – Phrases we use is protection meets performance. With our equipment, of course, safety is top of mind, right? Preventing injuries, um, rule changes now at the NFL college, and they're getting down to high school, removing the head from the game, teaching uh, heads-up tackling. Everything's getting forced now to the shoulders and the upper body. Um, And when you explain to a player, okay, protection, safety is number one, but you're also going to be able to perform better. um, With a patented design that Teddy created, The three-point swivel allows for maximum mobility. Whether you're a D lineman fighting off blocks, an offensive guard trying to get full range of motion, a quarterback, so it's that perfect blend in our opinion of the safety side protection, but also performance. So, can you just verbally explain like what that three-point swivel is, just to? yeah so for those of you listening i mean you can find this on our on our site but to give you a visual if you're looking at a shoulder pad in the chest um basically over your sternum a little bit above um most shoulder pads you'll see you know in the old school ones you'll see shoelaces um that's what i had right yeah um and in some other ones you may f- see a piece of black strapping um <clears throat> it's a biothane type of material that's pretty widely used And it's usually one solid piece that kind of connects the left to the right arch. Um, The whole pad then moves as a system, kind of as one. Um, That's why you see at any level, you could look at Pee Wee's or you could look at the NFL. After every play, you see guys adjusting their pads, right? They got their hands up by their neck and they're pulling their pads back down because they're constantly riding up. The three-point swivel we have is basically a, a single pivot point your sternum and then the two points up above and between your chest and you'll see the three-point swivel on the front and back kind of collapses in and out as you move your hands. Yeah Uh,
1: I'll link up a video so people can check it out for uh, for themselves.
0: You'll definitely be able to see it. I've had several quarterbacks you know I always looked at it and said you know two kind of demos for the guy everyone listening visuals if you were to take a soccer ball or basketball and throw it to anyone playing basketball and threw it above their head they'd catch the ball with two hands directly over their head. And I'm kind of moving here as I'm talking, but you can get a visual. They'd take their hands and put them straight above their head. You did that with an NFL wide receiver just wearing a T-shirt and throwing the ball over his head. They put their hands out to the side and made like a big circle to get their hands up above their head. And I always ask them, I'm like, why don't you just put your hands straight up? And they're like, well, I'm in a habit if I'm wearing pads, I can only get my hands to here because the pad prevents it from getting up. And your
1: helmet kind of restricts your... Exactly. ability to, Yeah, raise your arm up
0: so it's known as we demonstrate this on players across the country we take several and i'll send you a few you can post several videos where they're moving and they're kind of punching us in the chest and pretending to catch a ball and then they can see it move they can't see it while it's on them but then when i show them the footage they're like oh wow i see it moving right the second thing is quarterbacks um i mean how many quarterback gurus are out there um that train with guys all offseason um the, uh the one gentleman, Carson Palmer's brother, uh, Jordan, you know, made a pretty good name for himself on the West Coast. He had uh, Darnold this year. He had Josh Allen. Um, he had numerous guys. I think Josh Rosen was with him as well. And you always see these videos of these kids training <coughs> or players training, and they're always wearing just a T-shirt. But we all know when it comes time to play, they're wearing gear. And I still remember Josh Rosen's sophomore year at UCLA. Um, uh, you know, the word was out that he's got a shot to be a pro at that level and that he's at that, you know, uh, premier level. And, uh, we fit him in the pad. I spent maybe 45 minutes with him, like tinkering on some things and building something. And then of course we left one there that was close and we built one and then sent it out to him. But I spent a day with him at like a uh, training camp and the first day you could see him on the field, moving his arm and like talking to teammates, like I- I've never been able to move my arm like this. So... I saw him afterwards, and he's like, yeah, I've, I've never been able to get the extension on my arm the way I have been, you know, using the X-Tech pad. So um, we see moments like that on a daily basis. Interesting uh, concept. So was is Ted, was he a, a equipment manager as well? Um, Teddy's background, he he had always been around um, way back when uh, he was a part-time equipment guy within the New York Giants for a very short period of time. Okay. Um, He was with the Jacksonville Bulls back during the USFL. Um, He's always been around the equipment space one way or another. Um, Teddy's background, he got started in it. His father's a legendary high school coach in New Jersey at Madison High School. And Teddy's told the story of basically ever since a young age, played football, um, he went to Gardner Webb and played in college, but he had always been fascinated with equipment. And even back in, you know, when his dad was coaching, when he was younger, he would always take equipment apart, rebuild it, try to make it smaller, change things, listen to guys. So in one way or another, whether he's been an equipment director for a team, um, been a designer for another company, et cetera, he's, he's been in that space for, I'm going to say at least 30 years.
1: Right. So in addition to kind of the mobility, uh, I guess, opportunities with the current pads that were standard. You know, now Tech seems to be addressing some of those mobility issues. What about in terms
0: of protection and kind of impact protection
1: and just, like, blunt force trauma?
0: Absolutely. Um, and that's important because, you know, removing the head from the game, right? Everything's right, Like, like you said, there. yep. So, and, uh, you know, if you watch college or NFL games now, you'll even see, like, PSA announcements, like little commercials about, you know, I've seen uh, – um, Coach Tomlin at the Steelers do it, Um, Atlanta's had one, and they're teaching the techniques of tackling. And um, yet I've always found it amazing that they just haven't connected that to the equipment, but I think that's coming. Um, The second part of what you asked, um, Teddy's design, first off, we're the only pad that has a dual cantilever system. Uh, I'm getting a little technical for some of the casual listeners, but there's a lot of people out there that would know what I'm talking about. Um, the pad's the only one that has a dual cantilever piece, and again, I'm sure you'll post some videos and the information's online, but the outside of the product is basically made of two arches, uh, distal and proximal on each side, and what it does is it creates a gap in between the two arches while it remains low profile, um, so as the impact starts to come in, the energy, energy is being dispersed forward and backwards as opposed to directly in To the shoulder. I know this doesn't help the listeners much, but I can show you a little bit here in person. Um, The dual arch overlaps and there's a quarter inch gap in here. Gotcha. So as the energy is making its way in, it's funneling forward as well as backwards. Um, The second piece, or the second cantilever, is we call it a cantilever yoke system. It basically helps disperse the energy from one side to the other. Uh, the analogy we use, one of the hardest things my job has been is Teddy's very technical. Um, if you, from a design engineering background, you're going to lose some players from an attention standpoint using the word cantilever too much. Um, so it's been how do I explain this to guys to get them to listen? Um, if you were to get, you know, go to a golf course and Tiger Woods had a drive into your shoulder and you were 30 yards away from you, you'd have a black and blue mark in one isolated spot. Right, if you got hit in the right shoulder, the left side of you would be fine. So to use that analogy, we want energy coming into the left side of the shoulder and basically transferring across. So if people look at photos, there's a neon green piece and we call that a cantilever yoke system. And it's one consistent piece of plastic that basically connects in the front on both sides. It rides up, up over the shoulder and gets wider and then connects across in the back. This allows for the whole um, pad to move as one, but as the energy is moving down, it's going to hit that yoke system and start to transfer across to the other side. Right,
1: and just, I mean, I worked in equipment as a student manager for three, four years, and I also played football for 10 years, mm-hmm. and that neon green piece is seems to be the piece that all the older shoulder pads don't have. It basically goes from... Uh, maybe that initial cantilever system right to some type of foam, mm-hmm. doesn't have that that yeah. other uh, piece there.
0: Yeah, and the first thing on the, on the outside arch, there's no other pad has the outside arch that we're talking about, where the proximal and distal arches overlap. Gotcha. But the key point is, if you'll notice, it remains low profile. So from the neck out, it's not riding up, even though there is that gap. Uh, you still want the pad to ride as low as possible. The yoke dispersion obviously transfers energy from one side to the other. Now, the next big thing from an impact dispersion is the relationship we have with Rogers Corporation and the foam that they have is called XRD technology. Um, XRD technology is the yellow foaming that's used throughout our product. Um, And we worked with them early on in year one. Um, Teddy certainly had the design. There's about six features of the design itself that are patented. Um, One of the big things was from a material science standpoint, we wanted to do the research to see what's out there. Um, What's being used in law enforcement? What's being used in military? What's being used in footwear? What's being used in any area that has to do with dispersing energy? The one issue we ran into, we we probably researched, I'm going to say, over 15, 20 areas. Um, The one thing is, if you think about law enforcement, the weight while it matters, it doesn't matter as much for an athlete, right? You played, and you can imagine asking any player, "We could build the safest pad where you don't feel anything. If it weighs, you know, double what they're used to wearing, they're not wearing it." Period. Um, I get asked that question all the time about helmets or, or pads or high school, college, and pro. I promise you, the first thing is how can they perform in it? How do they look in it? Safety, um, as most athletes have. The attitude is usually it's not going to happen to me. They want to be able to, to to perform.
1: So you're saying like safety isn't always the first thing on their mind. It's like tertiary I or.
0: Uh, <laughs> I will say at the pro and college level, it's not even close to being the first thing on their mind. Interesting. Uh, I would say at the high school level, probably not either. Um, so again, it comes back to that protection and performance. Um, weight's big, mobility's big, you know, there's a big thing right now about helmets. Um, um, there's, uh, numerous companies out there. Vices is kind of the new, you know, yeah. uh, company out there that's, I think making a lot of strides, um, has kind of, uh, forced the other manufacturers to, uh, Yeah, so saw shots going on run for their money though. So, um, you know, I see a lot of different brands out there, but I, I promise you just for the casual listener, if, if you if you could envision inventing your own helmet and and in a lab it meets all the standards and tests and says it's the safest thing that you could wear, if you put on a player and it's a little heavy or he doesn't like the way he looks in it, he's not wearing it, period. It it does not matter what the lab results say. Um, And that's where I give Teddy really a lot of credit. Teddy knows the practicality of what a player wants for on the field and what the scientists and engineering background and the lab results and the testing says. Um, There's been a lot of other products I'm sure in all sports I know in football that uh, a product is created whether it's pads, thigh pads, helmets whatever it is I'm speaking in general terms here that the science and the data and the crash test dummies and the lab results say A but they don't take into practicality what a player wants and how practical is it for them to wear in certain weather conditions or different positions. Um, one analogy we use all the time is years ago, and I, I don't frankly remember the name of the company or the or the uh, the guy behind it, there was a very well-known guy in um, auto racing, Formula One and NASCAR, and the helmet that they have there and the whole cage system, uh, they had thought about how would it work for football and uh, I'm gonna give a layman's terms on this. Basically they used styrofoam in the helmet and it was a lot bigger. And styrofoam from a material science standpoint is one of the better pieces, but it's only good for one blow. And I always look at players and I explain to them the difference between the XRD technology that we use and what's used in other um, areas. What's used in other pads is what's something called EVA foam. Um, there's different varieties of it, but it all has the same principles to it. Um, and if you think about NASCAR, right, a guy driving 240, 50 miles an hour, and he slams into a wall, I always ask the player what happens to him, the, the, the driver, versus a middle linebacker on first and 10 making a hard hit in the hole. And it usually takes them 10 seconds to kind of think about it. Well, the driver gets put on a stretcher in an ambulance, and he's done for the day. The linebacker gets up, and second and eight's coming 35, 45 seconds later. Right, and it's happening all over again, which gets us to what we refer to as a compression set. Um, so back to the relationship, we discovered um, XRD technology. We contacted them. Um, they had done a lot in other law enforcement, military style of space. Um, we worked with them to basically see, okay, how would this work in athletics, specifically football? Uh, it's got to meet, you know, obviously that impact. It's got to be able to take repeated blows. It's got to be comfortable for someone to wear. If you think about law enforcement, right, they're kind of boxy vests and things like that. Um, a receiver, a linebacker, a quarterback has to be able to move in it. Um, antimicrobial is huge, so there's no staph infection, MRSA, et cetera. So there's all these little things. It can't just say, yeah, it takes impact great. It has to meet all these other areas. The other big piece is it can't absorb water, right? So That's it has weight. to be water yeah. preventative, right? So um, – We worked with them for a year, Um, XR technology in our our opinion was by far the best thing out there. Uh, We formed an exclusive relationship with them for all of American football. Um, And we've been working with them since day one. Uh, We're now finishing year six and 2019 season will be our year seven. And we've been working with them ever since. Uh, The scientists and the background that they have up there are constantly working with us. We'll talk a little bit later about how we're taking it and expanding it into molded thigh and knee pads and things of that nature. Um, so we form the exclusive relationship with them and um, we're able to take different densities and different thicknesses for different parts of the pad. Um, every single protective point in our product, whether it's the front cushions, the back cushions, the shoulders, the cups, et cetera, um, is all 100% XRD. It's different densities. It's different thicknesses. Obviously, over the shoulder is a little more protective than what you would have, you know, down in your ribs, for lack of better words. So we've been working with them ever since, and it's been a great partnership for us.
1: Yeah, and I, one of the videos that I was impressed most by when I was kind of doing my research on the pads is the one where you you take the pad and you slam the helmet on your hand um, with, the, with the pad over it. And you're like, you're going after it pretty hard, too. And you, you, it's yeah. like you didn't do anything.
0: Yeah, you know, we'll make sure you have footage so everyone can see it. I give credit to Teddy again on that one. Um, There's also a drop kit that we have where we basically drop a steel ball on a hard surface, and, you know, the table's protected in one instance by XRD and another instance by um, EVA, and you can hear the impact. The ball goes right through the EVA, and it'll bounce off of a table five, six inches, and you'll see it hit the XRD, and it basically just freezes. The analogy I use with players, again, how do I take the expertise and the engineering and the background of Ted on the design, but also Rogers Corporation and XRD technology and their scientists and so forth. There's a gentleman, um, Dave Sherman up there, MIT trained, he's brilliant. And when we visited with them, we're looking at things under high-powered microscopes and seeing how things react. And of course, you can imagine being in a college or NFL locker room, your attention span is not an hour to explain all this to guys, right? Um, The analogy we use to help guys kind of understand it is you go into your backyard and you have a swimming pool and you jump off a diving board into your pool, great, right? It doesn't hurt, no problem, right? Um, We're in New Jersey now. You go to the George Washington Bridge in between Jersey and Manhattan and jump off the bridge into the Hudson River, it's like hitting concrete, Um, what happens is basically extremely fast. It's almost instantly when the foam gets hit, the molecules race and bond together to where that point of impact is. They bond together, they take the impact, and then they soften again and start to disperse out. And believe it or not, it happens fast enough so that in that demonstration where I'm hitting my hand, it doesn't happen. And then you've probably seen it where I'll demonstrate like first, second, third down, Where it's repeated blows time after time after time, that process will happen instantly over and over and over again. So, the biggest thing we always tell guys if you were to take EVA foam, which is what you'll find in any shoulder pad except us, any of our competitors have it, the first impact from a lab test, it's gonna show decent results. It's not gonna match where we are. And the second, and the third, and the fourth, and the fifth, and you can imagine a practice, a training camp, a season. That foam which started off probably three quarters of an inch thick, is now a quarter of an inch thick. And after the season it's gonna be even less than that. So the compression set refers to we want, especially with X Tech, the pad's gonna protect you, you know, during the Super Bowl as well as it did day one of training camp.
1: So kind of like the degradation of the pad over time is kind of accounted for with this X Tech pad, whereas the older pads, you know, they kind of lose their thickness of of the pad as they get older
0: yeah it's also the mindset of thicker is better when it comes to material science and and foaming it's true Um, yeah you know we'll i'll certainly show you some things but think
1: of the little giants uh kid who they wrapped around with that yeah (laughs) the foam Mm bodysuit
0: you know if i if i showed you eva which was two inches thick and i showed you xrd which was you know a quarter of an inch thick and your mind's instantly going to think well it's it's thicker, it's, there's more cushion there, it's more protective, it's just not the case. So um, it's just an education thing with, with players. Um, back to the helmet slam, your listeners will enjoy this story. Um, again, the hardest thing is figuring out how to explain the patented technology as well as the relationship with XRD and the science behind their technology to the player, whether it's a 15-year-old high school kid, the mom and dad of him, or an NFL athlete. Um, We have a lot of scenarios and I can't for the life of me remember the first school we did it at. But in like year two or three of us doing it, uh, Teddy and I were known to just drive all over the country and meeting with teams. And um, we always use the ball drop test as well as explaining the science. And one time Teddy just came out of nowhere and took the shoulder piece, put it on top of his hand, asked for a helmet, and he hit his hand as hard as I've ever seen. And I'm standing in the meeting going, okay, well, I didn't know that was coming and of course there he goes he does it again and you could see the attention it it makes noise so of course other people in the room or another player may say what was that or you got to go see this and the scientific ball test is is great but the helmet slam kind of gets people's attention so Teddy and I get back in the car after the meeting and we're driving to our next one and I look at him and I just said so where'd that come from and he goes what are you talking about I said what Where did this helmet slam for the demonstration come from? And he goes, "Uh, well, I said, well, did it hurt? And he goes, no. I said, did you know it wasn't going to hurt? He goes, no. I'm sick of people not listening to us. And honestly, that became like one of our go-to grab the attention. Um, I always tell the story of the way that that evolved was I was at the Oakland Raiders and they do training camp up by Napa Valley. And uh, it's at a hotel. They have a beautiful resort there. And Justin Tuck had just left the Giants to go to the Raiders. And Justin had worn our pad at the Giants for a handful of years. Uh, We developed a personal relationship with him. So basically, said, Justin, listen, again, players just don't give thought to shoulder pads. We need them to just give us a minute of their attention. And I said, "Uh, I'm going to be out there. Can you help get a couple guys just to listen to me? So. Um, when you're kind of behind the scenes, you wait in the equipment room and practice ends. And you can imagine staring at a field and 140 guys that just went through a two and a half hour practice are dripping in sweat. They're tired. They want water. They want to get to lunch, are running off the field. And it's your job to say, hi guys, like, can you listen to me? Um, so you got to come up with something to get their attention. So thankfully Tuck had told Khalil Mack and Khalil Mack was a rookie, um, I mean, he's absolutely dominant right now. And back then he was a rookie and he walked in. He said, hey, uh, Justin told me to ask for Bob. And I said, yeah, that's me. He comes back and he asked me, he said, "What? what's this in reference to? Like, what is this meeting about? And I looked at him and I said, it's about the shoulder pads that you wear. And he kind of gave me the, whatever, like I want to get to lunch. I just said, Khalil, like, listen, Justin's a, you know, two-time Super Bowl champ, all pro. He knows what he's talking about. I said, you listen to me for two minutes. If you don't like what I have to say, I wish you the best of luck. So I explained the science. He tried some things on. Again, we customized everything. And I did the helmet slam as well as showed him the three-point swivel. He became my best friend for the day. He went in and probably got 25 other guys to say, you have to try these on. You have to see the demonstration. And that happens a ton. So That's yeah,
1: it's interesting. Um, is there... Any particular injuries that you guys, like, aim to – like, in the design that you guys aim to prevent? I, I'm thinking, like, Aaron Rodgers and his collarbone. That was a big one last year. Um, guys, like, landing on him and um, mm-hmm. I, There's a ton of AC joint injuries. You see separated shoulders all the time. Yep. Um,
0: and you're seeing it more now because, again, of the rule changes uh, and the emphasis of hitting with shoulders. I mean, obviously – Teddy's design and what we look to do is alleviate and prevent as many injuries as possible. You're never going to hear Teddy and I say that this will 100% prevent an AC sprain or or this sort of injury. Um, Thankfully, we haven't had any serious injuries reported. We do a pretty good job of speaking with NFL, CFL, and Division I programs as far as week to week speaking with their equipment managers. And for those of you out there, each team at that level has a medical staff and then they have equipment department that's pure job it's usually three or four guys per team it's a full-time job and they handle everything from the cleats to the socks to the jerseys et cetera, uh, and of course the equipment and um, you know we work with them there's a lot of injuries that could be disclosed um, guys coming off of injury that are going to switch into ours Andrew Luck switched this year he missed all of last two, year yeah two seasons almost right. he missed yeah um, I mean he's having a phenomenal year I know Teddy spent probably three different trips in Indianapolis with him, just seeing what does he like, what doesn't he like. Um, So, I mean, we look to avoid everything. I mean, you want to be concerned with the the clavicle, the AC, and what we refer to as the the outside glonal head, which is, for those of you listening, just the outside edge of the shoulder. Um, One of the big things was the clavicles. Like you brought up Aaron Rodgers and, you know, Uh, years ago was Tony Romo, you know, was breaking his every other year. Yeah. And one of the big things was we wanted to make sure um, the product we made met every high-end standard. Um, Very proud to say everything is made. I mean, you're in our shop right now where everything is built. We're sitting in East Hanover, Yeah, literally
1: three minutes away from where I work. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And everything is 100% U.S. made. So um, the quality is top-notch. And if you were to order online or you're a high school, you order a pad for, you know, the 16 year old sophomore wide receiver, he's getting the same pad, different size, different options and things like that, as an NFL wide receiver. Um, But one of the big things back to the clavicle is, clavicles have been one of two ways. And unfortunately there's too many people out there that they think it's a direct shot on the clavicle. The Aaron Rodgers example is great. It's actually when your arm's pinned down. You see it in quarterbacks and receivers a lot, and their arm's stuck behind them, and they're driven into the ground, and the impact comes from the side. It and smushes the, them. And the bone pops. It, it pinches. And I it, broke and my in the
1: same exact way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so where our two arches overlap, <clears throat> the plastic overlaps, so there's double plastic over where the um, clavicle would be, as well as we'll talk about in a minute the three-piece body system. Um, most pads have one consistent piece of foaming. We have a three-piece system, which we'll get back to. Um, But you'll notice where the shoulder piece Velcros into the pad, and then the front cushion overlaps, your clavicle is going to line up right here. So there's double thickness of foam over your clavicle for those direct shots. Then on the outside, on the cup, which hangs down over the outside edge of the shoulder, and if you were to get driven into the ground, that's what's going to be there. Um, we made a choice to make sure that XRD was in the cup. Um, you'll notice in other products, they use a lesser quality because everyone's thinking about impact up top and in the front and not on the side. Um, it sound, you've certainly done your research, and we made some noise with Aaron last year. Um, Unfortunately, at this point, he's not wearing us. I know that for a fact. Um, whether or not when the linebacker, I think it was Barr from the Vikings, slammed them into the ground, I think that's his second one. His second clavicle that he's broken in his career. Um, you know, I would have loved to have him in the product. I think we could have helped prevent it, um, but obviously we'll never know. So obviously Lambeau Field, uh, the ground freezes and things of that nature. But uh, our philosophy is, from what we've seen in a lab, on the field, feedback, we do believe the the X Tech product, the pad, gives any player the best chance. Of preventing injuries.
1: Yeah. And I know that you guys are is highly customized, you know, each, each pad for, for the individual. So what, how does, um, medical history go into that fitting session?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So every pad's customized. Um, and you'll notice like online, we, we have a buying guide. There's basically five steps to build a pad. Um, <clears throat> there's size, there's arch, there's what sort of epaulet you want, what sort of cup you want, and then what thickness of shoulder foam do you want? So those make up the five common things. Now, when we talk about custom, you know, custom at the high school level is, of course, different than custom at the NFL level. Um, There are a handful of players that go even beyond that. Um, The average NFL player is going to get one of the combinations that fits within those five options. Some of the higher-end guys, um, for example, a Sheldon Richardson was very big on... Um, when he's down a three-point stance, he's got a bigger neck. He wanted the neck to be a lot wider. Um, At the NFL level, you know, the the team has to clear it. Um, But we will talk with them about style of play. Um, I always use the example of, like, the Tony Saragusa, right, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. The days of him, phenomenal player, but the days of how he played the game, they're a little different now. If you watch offensive guards and defensive tackles, they play the game with their hands. Uh, And it's all about leverage. Hand combat, yeah. And I always say, you know, there's plenty of gyms all over the country. Jay Glazer from Fox has made a living outside of Fox NFL Sunday. He owns a gym in L.A. where all these guys go, and they practice MMA with guys like Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture, and they learn leverage and uh, hand-to-hand combat and elbow pulls and things of that nature. So, of course, our swivel allows them to actually get their hands inside further than other products would. Um, But the game's changed (laughs) a lot on that point. Um, And we will take into account, to get back to your question, about, okay, well, what's the height? What's the weight? What's his history of injuries, whether it's recent or in the past? How does he play the game? Um, I always say, I thought it was ridiculous when we got into it. There's other companies that have a linebacker pad. Well, are you a 4-3 linebacker? Are you a 3-4 linebacker? Do you have a history of injuries? Are you Luke Keekly, or are you... You know an outside you know you some people could refer to a von Miller, whether you want to call him you know there's the new position now is edge, you know it's that hybrid between defensive end and outside linebacker. um but to you know give you an example, you know are you are you Luke Keekly, you know the Brian Erlocker type of middle linebacker, or are you the edge von miller style um, where obviously those guys are gonna want different things because they're playing the game differently um do you have injuries you know as a tight end are you uh you know a receiving tight end are you a blocking tight end what's your history of injuries we'll take all of that into account uh and as the younger level we'll also take into account how much are they going to grow you know what are they freshmen should they wait another couple of months um we turn pads around fairly quickly uh some areas of the country do allow hitting during spring in high school some areas not so you can imagine like May, June is busy for us with getting pads out the door because a kid today may grow a little bit between now and, you know, next season.
1: And and you wouldn't advise, like, ordering a little bit larger pad to accommodate for potential growth in the future?
0: You no, know, and again, you know, a, a, a high school kid, August 1st, if he's 5'10", 160, you know, chances are he's not going to be 6'4", 230 to the next year. So, I mean, we do use some common sense or uh, does he have any older brothers or how big is his father and things of that nature. Um, so, so, you know, to, to jump from a medium to a large, that's a significant difference in height and weight and all that. Um, the shoulder piece, back to the three-point area, our shoulder piece can actually be adjusted to fit the proper angle. This is difficult to explain for listeners, but everyone's shoulder falls at a different angle you have some guys that are very square some guys that have big traps and some guys especially you see it on corners and receivers their shoulders are all rolled forward yeah so our shoulder piece it's adjustable on site and we do this with guys when we sit with them this piece is your shoulder piece again this comes in different thicknesses depending upon what position but this can be slid forward for the guys that are rounded forward it could also be slid in and out to give you kind of like that quarter or half size as well. As you met, like long snappers, they don't want anything in their in their neck. Um, sternum coverage is very important to us in the front of the product. Our super skill is chopped about an inch and a quarter shorter. Um, it's not recommended for guys that are on from an impact standpoint. Um, so there's a variety of just little things that, that go into everything. I think
1: every football player's gotten a face mask to the sternum at least once yes. in their life. Yep. <laughs> It uh, doesn't feel too good. Yeah, so really cool. So I know we kind of alluded to this a little earlier that players and athletes are really slow to change when it comes to most equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, and, and obviously like helmets are kind of the buzz thing now, but like you said, now we're trying to get the helmet out of the game, so it's putting more emphasis on the shoulder pads. Like, you know, do you think that there's going to be a significant increase in kind of like that awareness you know now with the shoulder pads or because in the last 25 years how much have they really changed
0: no absolutely and I've seen it already you know just from what we've done the early years it was telling people that this change is coming and this is the best product for you uh where now it's really front and center on the minds of guys uh the NFL level players talk they communicate Um, you know, Devontae Adams at the Packers was on the Texan with him last night. Uh, he made the pro Bowl. you know, guys talk, guys recognize, you know, when Devontae Adams shows up at the pro Bowl, if the other wide receiver next to him happens to not have heard of it or not been in it yet, I guarantee he's going to ask, what is that? And I've never seen that. And I play for X, Y, Z team. Why haven't I ever seen that? Um, high school coaches, especially athletic directors, parents, I think they're becoming more and more, um familiar with the fact that this is where the game's going um the the attention to helmets i welcome i think it's necessary for the game but it just it just adds more attention as a whole to um safety and injury prevention as a whole which is great for us so um i certainly know it's going in that direction at all levels nationwide um between teddy and i we've been in every single state and, um, the thing out there for listeners, we do have a sales staff, but our sales staff is whether it's myself, Teddy, uh, Jack Brooks, uh, the same guy that walks into the, um, you know, New York Jets or Giants or Rutgers in New Jersey is the same guy that's going to be walking into XYZ high school. Uh, same thing out West. You know, I handle the 49ers and the Raiders. I'm also the guy that handles De La Salle high school. Um, so it's able to take that, that expertise from a higher level and be able to educate and, and help at the high school level as well. So, but yeah, from a safety standpoint and a mindset and kind of being top of mind uh, change is slow, but I've seen a lot of uh, advancements in that kind of thinking in the last two years. Uh, why do you think
1: that is? Cause I, we even mentioned like NASCAR and you know, ra- like race cars and ha- the technology that in, kind of the evolution that they've had over the years to improve safety. It seems like sports are kind of not on that same curve. They're a little slow to the, to the game.
0: Yeah, I think it takes time, uh, as with anything. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of development. And, again, you know, any former athlete, whether they played in high school or college, will tell you it's routine. It's what you get used to. Um that's why and
1: Brady had his, the same helmet yeah, for the last... You know, time. and they
0: grandfathered in his helmet where I think he could wear it. He the, changed it this year, though. This year, okay. Yeah. Um, it, it's what they're comfortable with. Um, so I think that sort of thing takes time. I think there's, you know, on the player side, there's uh, guys are superstitious. Um, you know, guys wear it in college and they, they won a Heisman or they or they played well and they get to the pros and... They try us on, but you know, oh, I want uh, you know, I, I want the pad I feel comfortable in. Um, on the league side or kind of like governing side, I just think it's been an afterthought. Um, it really has been. When you look at to answer your question about why has change been so slow, um, most players, coaches, parents don't believe me when I tell them this, and it's been reported on when we've done interviews with some of like Sports Illustrated or things like that. Um, in the NFL, CFL, and NCAA—everything is monitored. They call it OF. It stands for on-field, uh, and that can go from the the headsets that coaches and you know, now it's it's Bose to the Microsoft tablets. Those are all paid sponsorships. Obviously, Nike is the official uh, apparel for the NFL. Each college has different—whether they're Adidas, Under Armour, Nike um the helmets have to go through certain testing and parameters and they have to meet a certain level in the lab and if it's above that level the player has the right to choose whatever company or brand or style that he wants if it's below that line you're not allowed to wear it period um the ncaa has similar things like that um cleats they have to have certain flexing and different tests done um for whatever reason, when it comes to shoulder pads, backplates, ribs, our core product line, there's no rules. not one guideline, one parameter, one test. So one some rule. guy could just like make up a shoulder Nothing. pad in his like basement and wear it. Um I mean, I'm with you now, if if you went home today and made up a shoulder pad design, if if you could get into Rutgers or an NFL team and convince why you think it's better, and a player said, "Oh, I really like that." he could be wearing it the next day. There is no standard operating procedure. Uh, It's something we've spoken with the league and governing bodies about. Um, I firmly believe with our background, our research, our product, our patents, our relationship and exclusive partnership with XRD, there's nobody better than to talk to us. Um, I've said this and I'll said this before, um, Teddy is as good as it gets when it comes to design from the scientific side, but also the practicality of what players want. Um, I do think we're probably heading in that direction. And then when you get down even lower, 90% of this market is high school, right? There's only so many NFL players out there. There's only so many colleges, whether it's division one down to division three, um, state by state, there's no governing bodies or, or rules. Related to it. Um, But I can tell you this, like in the state of California, in the state of Texas, there is a rule, whether it's practice or games, you must wear a five padded girdle, which we're launching this year. But there's no rules when it comes to, you know, when you think about from your ribs, sternum up to your shoulders, There's, there's nothing.
1: Which makes no sense, really. But, and I almost, I had the thought while we were talking too, and I thought this like throughout the whole football season, that I feel like obviously head injuries are an issue and it's been scientifically proven that it's a, it's a problem that need that should be addressed um but i almost feel like it distracts away from a lot of the other issues that could be fixed like a lot of lower extremity injuries shoulder injuries and stuff like that it distracts from a lot of the other things that keep guys off the field um and, and stuff like that so it's interesting
0: it certainly gets a lot of the attention right in in front page media um i don't think you know, I get asked all the time about is there a decrease in the amount of participants out there? In certain areas of the country there are overall. I, I don't maybe a maybe a little. Um nationwide, even globally. I was overseas about a month ago, Switzerland, Paris, London, Germany setting up distribution. Um, you know, everyone listening, like American football is pretty big over there. Uh, especially in Germany, you know, there's reported somewhere in the neighborhood of about sixty thousand people that play American football in Germany. Wow. Um, we've sold pads, I believe, in fourteen different countries, um, <clears throat> all over. So um, while it's a concern, I don't think it's as big as what the media may portray it to be. Uh, I'm glad it's getting the attention because the helmet technology and the improvement in the rules and all that. Um, but I do think, as you said, you know, let's not just get stuck on solely helmets and head, while arguably you could probably say, and I would agree with you, that concussions are um, top of mind. And But um, why not take this approach across the board? With everything, exactly.
1: So, um, so you kind of alluded to this before also. Uh, what other pads are you guys working on to protect the athletes?
0: So obviously we started with shoulder pads as our core product. Um, it remains as our core product. Um, the one thing here, and there's a sign in the warehouse, um, the design is never completed, right? Um, the reason we exist is the products that were available out there from other brands. Um, you've alluded to it, you know, it, they hadn't really changed whether from a design, a material science standpoint, a mobility standpoint, if you took XYZ product out of the bag today versus the that product line 10 years ago, it's identical. The colors may be different. It may be called a different model number, but the guts of it, it's the same thing. Um, So it's one thing we're very mindful of. We do a lot of research with players, equipment managers, trainers, uh, doctors. What can we do to be better? Um, We constantly work with our partners at Rogers to figure out what else could we do with the the foam. One major thing, as we're talking about it, that we didn't get into before is the breathability factor. Um, Our product front and back, the plastic has um, breathability holes built into the plastic. And also, um, the foam body cushions will have holes punched into them as well. Um, And if you look at it from the apparel side, the jerseys that are out there, let's just take the NFL, right? The Nike contract that they have, the NFL jerseys have ventilation built into certain parts of the jersey. You can't really see it on camera because it's so fine. Even fun. the pants too, right? The pants do as well. Yeah. But yet, if you're wearing an old school shoulder pad underneath with no ventilation, it's essentially smothering your body. The ventilation of the jersey is not going to do anything. Um, Teddy always used the analogy of the ventilation that we have both in the foam and in the plastic allows it to work in conjunction with the jerseys, where other pads are essentially back to the EVA foam covered in what's called a non-breathable nylon. It's basically suffocating the body. It's like a wrestler wrapping himself in garbage bags and sitting in a sauna to lose weight. Um, So that's that's a good analogy on another thing that we're looking at. But back to my point is that Teddy will constantly tinker with on a year-by-year basis, how do we make it better? How do we take feedback from all levels and improve it? How do we offer a different accessory? Uh, Last year, we offered sternum extenders, right, for someone that may have a history of of sternums. Or there's a lot of different body types out there. You may get a wide receiver that's 6'5", but he's thin, right? He's long and wiry. Think, think, um, I'm trying, like a DeAndre Hopkins type of build, right? At the NFL level, they want to wear the super skill. It's the smallest one that we make. Um, there's another gentleman we had running back at Arizona State, Kalen Balage. Running back, he's probably 6'4", 260, big guy he's with the Miami Dolphins now. Um, again, he may fit in an XL, um, but since because he's, he's so tall, he needed the XL to cover the sternum. But from a shoulder-width standpoint, he wanted a large right and he fit in a large and his sternum because he's tall and some guys just have longer sternums than the average person we put a sternum extender in there to just give him that extra quarter inch of coverage so it's just tinkering how it usually works is at the NFL level we'll hear from custom options Sheldon Richardson I want a wider neck uh Quentin Jefferson at the Seattle Seahawks same thing I want a wider neck um the example I just gave with the running back the sternum extender we do all that stuff customized player by player, and we gather the information and the following year it'll become just a stock accessory for everybody else. Um, the widening of the neck was good we heard that from a lot in the double X XX and triple X range so our double X XX and triple X now for at all levels stock before it's customized the neck is trimmed to be wider so that gives you an idea just the mindset here the design's never complete
1: really cool uh, just as we wrap up the conversation here um can you talk a little bit about the Cover 2 program that you guys have? Yeah,
0: so we launched that two years ago. Um, again, we do a good job of just networking with with teams as well as players and agents. And I got a call from Zach Ertz's uh, agent. And um, he had spoken with Zach's uh, Nike rep. And uh, he had spoken with um gentleman, Mike Newsom, who's one of Nike's top sales guys out there. And uh, the agent had called, and this is a big misconception out there, and just said, hey, you know, Zach needs to take care of his old high school up in California. He visited. They need new pads. You know, can we get Nike to donate some and buy some? And, of course, I said, well, Nike doesn't make shoulder pads. Uh, that's one huge thing for us. We're a protective equipment company. We're not an apparel or, or footwear company. Um, So uh, they put him in touch with us. And um Zach's agent said, Listen, he visited the school, his brother's still there, his old coach is still there, they need some pads. We heard that you guys are the best. Um, can you uh, can you help us out? I said, Sure. So we put together an order, um, <clears throat> sent him out. Uh, he's in the Bay Area, the high school, Monte Vista, I believe is the name of it. And uh I basically looked at Teddy it was sitting right here. And I was telling, Teddy and I said, you know, I bet you there's other NFL players or coaches or broadcasters that would do this, like for the betterment of the game and donate back to their program or where they volunteer. And basically the Cover 2 program was born after that phone call. Um, So we'll work with players and they'll usually buy in larger allotments, say 50, 60 pads. Um, A lot of the guys, their high school coach is still coaching. He's still there and um, in July and August they'll show up most of them run like local hometown camps um, for kids and we'll work with them Um, we help them out from a philanthropic standpoint uh, from a donation Um, they buy them for the school they donate them it's great for the team it's a great thing for the player to do Uh, and we've done it with a variety of guys I mean Zach Ertz with the Eagles, uh, Damon Harrison now with the Lions, the, the McCourty brothers on the Patriots, uh, Trent Murphy, the outside linebacker, DN with the Buffalo Bills, uh, Melvin Gordon, the running back with the Chargers, um, to numerous guys that have played and have now um, retired or now they're in broadcasting. So it's a gro- great program for anyone that's involved at that higher level of football, Um, we've even had, I got a phone call last week about a a local, um, Ford dealership that, you know, the, one of the employees was an assistant coach of the team. They had heard about us and the Ford dealership, instead of, you know, sponsoring whatever they did for the field said, okay, we're going to pick up two dozen pads and donate them on behalf of, you know, the hometown area. So it's basically a way primarily for players and coaches to, to give back to kind of where they came from um Ryan Anderson from Alabama now with the Redskins he did it for his hometown high school and uh I believe in the Daphne Alabama area and he just said you know there's a lot of kids out there that the equipment at some high schools is ancient and they just may not have the funding of the budget um I just dealt with it I know I'm dragging on here with the story I was in Georgia about four years ago um Mike Smith the former Falcons coach we know and uh, he was giving a speech and I was approached by three or four kids um, that had told me that they were the first in their family that had a shot to go to college and it was going to be on a football scholarship and uh, they asked me you know how that world works and you know advice and where could they go and and it kind of hit me that this kid's college opportunity may get completely ripped away from him if in his senior year he gets a shoulder injury. And you think about it, it's just – it can literally be life-changing for them. So um, the Cover 2 program, it's great for guys to be able to get back. Right, yeah, the
1: the the trickle down from the higher-up you know, levels and making it better for the, the young guys. And I just know from my own experience, and I didn't come from like an underprivileged area at all, but like mm-hmm. when I showed up freshman year to uh, pick up the equipment, it was like, yeah, ancient shoulder pads, a helmet that like – you wouldn't, you couldn't like pay people enough money to wear yep. uh, today, yeah. and yeah, it's it's interesting, yeah. and like you said, there's a lot on the line, and like you there know, is. for these guys' futures, yeah. and I think that's part of what I try to project with this podcast like I, i'm definitely not anti-football if i could go back and do it a thousand times over i would do it absolutely i not. would probably make a few different decisions along the way mm-hmm. would namely not play with a concussion um but i appreciate what you guys are doing here at x-tech to protect these players and that you appreciate you know that you know this is these guys lives and these guys futures and in, yep. in a lot
0: of cases so yeah in addition, in the cover, too, the, we've had teams do it. Um, the New York Giants were one of the first, again, we're located 20 minutes from them. Um, we got a phone call from the NYPD football team, <clears throat> and uh, we learned along the way there's a league that law enforcement um, and public service, if you want EMTs, cops, firemen, um, they literally travel, like, it's known in this area that NYPD plays FDNY, right? It's known that they'll play the team from Jersey, but I had no idea the NYPD football team will literally get on a plane and fly to Texas to play Houston or Dallas's, you know, police department or San Diego. And um, the Giants worked with us to basically outfit the entire NYPD football team last season. Uh, and they were kind enough to even have four or five players go to their initial practice in Brooklyn. And we handed out the pads and, and fit them all. And they got the same treatment that an NFL team would. Um, just last week, we were on the phone with um, a sergeant uh, out in San Diego doing the same thing with them. So, um, yeah, the cover two programs, pretty cool.
1: That's awesome, yeah. Uh, so where can people connect with you online?
0: Yeah, best thing, uh website, Xtechpads, X-T-E-C-H-P-A-D-S dot com um instagram as well uh at x tech pads you'll see a lot of our postings our stories um. yeah i'll link all those up in the show notes for this episode uh but bob thanks again
1: for taking the time out of your day to sit with me talk about the pads talk about player safety and um what's in store for the future and uh i, I thank you absolutely you'll have to come
0: back in another year yeah I'd, i would love to